0: All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Tool Shed. This is episode 118 of the Fantrax Tool Shed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have a really fun episode in store today, talking some prospect risers and fallers from our recent updates on FantraxHQ.com. And with me to break it all down, as usual, is my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, man?
1: Not too much, man. We grilled out tonight. Actually, we
0: say we grilled out. We used the uh, Blackstone grill. and made some
1: hibachi, man. It was good. So, got a full stomach and uh, talking some baseball. So, not much better to do.
0: Dude, that's like the ultimate combination. Full stomach. <laughs> full, I, mean, I guess I ate some steak tips tonight. I grilled out as well with Mike. If, if there is, I can't think of any right now, but
1: that's true.
0: Got a really fun episode, though. Like I mentioned, prospect risers and followers. said, so we both put out our. Top 400 updated prospect rankings on Fantrax HQ. Uh, mine were last Tuesday. Chris's were yesterday on Sunday when, when you're listening to this on Monday. And Just a quick programming note. We are recording Saturday night. It's about 9 p.m. Eastern time Saturday right now. I uh, can't record tomorrow on our usual day, so any stats that you hear are as of Saturday before Saturday's game is finished. So just a little note there in case you're wondering why they might sound a little off, but we're actually going to break this into two episodes. Part two will come out on Wednesday. Today we're talking just pitching risers and followers, prospects, obviously. Uh, and then we'll do hitting prospect risers and followers on Wednesday's episode. And then we'll do a third episode on Friday. So a nice little three-episode week. We could not. So we put all the names on the list, and it would have been a four-hour pause. So we decided had to break them up. But before we get into the show, the usual housekeeping, you can find us on Twitter. Chris is at Rotocleg. I am at Cross 4 And our show is at Shed. If you enjoy this podcast, please write and review. Check out our Patreon for extra content from both of us and our YouTube channel for plenty of live prospect video throughout the season. And one fun little perk of our Patreon is that we've been posting our, our updated rankings, you know, a couple of days before we post them on site. So nice little early look perk for our Patreon peeps. And of course, check out all the other great work we have going on over at Fantrex HQ with multiple fantasy baseball articles coming out every single day. All right, enough of that. Let's get into it. We still got a lot of a lot of names, even with two different episodes here. So we got plenty of names to talk about. Like I mentioned, we're, t- we're talking pitchers today. We'll start with a couple of the bigger names here. Probably the biggest name on this list is Kate Gavali, who has not been very sharp this season and kind of dating back the last season too. So far this season, though, in six starts in AAA, twenty-seven and two-thirds innings, a 618 ERA, one thirty-seven WHIP. 9.8% walk rate and a 20.5% K rate. So that walk rate is, has still been an issue. It's kind of popped up last year. I saw him live last year. I believe it was in July, if I recall correctly. And like the stuff's good. Like there's no doubting that the stuff is good, but just the command and control was really inconsistent in that start. And it's, it's kind of backs up at stuff I've seen in, in the video. And now he's not even missing bats at the high club. Only a 20.5% K rate, which is below average. So, He's fallen down for both of us. He's clinging the top 100. I think he's like in the mid-90s for me right now. Where do you have him, Chris? And what are your thoughts on Cavalli in general?
1: Let's see. I'll have to pull up where I have him. But it's weird because when he hit AAA last year, the strikeouts went – it's almost like the the walks went down with the strikeouts. It's kind of bizarre. And the swinging strike rate actually backs up the, the drop in strikeouts. And I don't know. I just feel like there's so much reliever risk here. He's got to – Excellent fastball and change, good slider as well, but the command obviously isn't there. The delivery is is pretty violent, in my opinion. Yeah. He just presents a lot of risk. And I did find I've got him 108 right now in the the new update. But you look in the surface numbers, I mean, they're not good at all. I mean, six one eight ERA, one three seven whip, but beyond that, to see the strikeout rate tick down so much is a is a huge concern for me. Still, you know he's got the the lowest. Well, he walked seven point six percent of hitters last year in high A, but then fourteen point four percent in double A and ten point seven percent in triple A. And this year, repeating triple A, he's at nine point eight percent, which is actually an improvement. But it's the fact that he has just a ten point seven percent K minus BB rate. I mentioned the swinging strike rate dropping pretty significantly. His FIP is three eight four, but I don't know. I guess that comes with the fact that he has such a low strand rate, it's fifty one percent. So some bad bad luck there in the profile, but he's he's not putting the ball on the ground as much as he was in the past. Surprisingly, the home run to fly ball rate still really low. You'd think it could be a little higher, looking at the ERA. But you know, overall, just I don't know the the profile does concern me a good bit here enough where I'm kind of leaning towards maybe some more reliever risk than I was last year. So yeah, he's uh he fell for me pretty significantly as I'd gotten pretty high on him at one point, but. I'm fearing that he could fall a little bit further if this continues.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And and I was – I'm guilty of it too. I was high on him as well. I remember after seeing him in that start, I tweeted out something along the lines of that, you know, this is a, you know, top five pitching prospect at the time. And while I don't say uh, – I don't disagree with my notion of that time, but I think I was kind of not – putting as much stock into the re- reliever list at that time as I probably should have. And now it's definitely even higher. I'd probably say I don't know, what would you put it for like a starter reliever split? I'd say like 70-30. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. I think that's pretty fair at this point. I would have said below 50% before the season started though.
0: Yeah. It's uh it's definitely the reliever list has definitely gotten higher, that's for sure. So I think you still could be a, a good starter. Like so, I think the stuff is there to have the K-rate tick back up. And maybe he's like a, a back-end middle rotation guy, but there's easily a chance that he could be like a 7th, 8th inning guy as well. So definitely that reliever list is huge for fantasy purposes. So, yeah, he's dropped a good amount for both Chris and I in our rankings, both to a right around 100 overall, give or take a little bit. The other one here, and this guy hasn't even pitched this year, but just adding to more injuries he's had, getting back to his collegiate days at Georgia, that's Emerson Hancock. And when he's been on the mound, he hasn't been bad by any stretch. And he actually had a 2.62 ERA last year, and a 1.03 WHIP. So he wasn't even bad last year. But the command of the fastball is the issue here. So maybe Hancock—it was a little harsh, but Hancock on this list, maybe because the stats haven't been terrible, like I mentioned. But same time, this is not nearly like the Hancock we saw coming out of Georgia, where he was like there was at that big three. It was Max Meyer. Asa Lacey and, Matt and uh, Emerson Hancock. And we'll talk Lacey here in a little bit as well. Two of them have had, you know, they've, they've seen the stock go down. Obviously, Max Myers has gone up, and he's on the brink of making making his major league debut probably the next few weeks. But Hancock, just, like, he's still got the decent stuff. That's why I think he, I've always been a little bit higher than most on him because he's shown, you know, two good breaking pitches. He's shown a really good changeup and he's shown at times a good fastball he has the velocity there just the command has not been there so he's a hard one for me to value cuz like it's hard to you know tick him down too much just cuz of the stats on the surface i've still been been there but i don't know he's just a hard one for me to rank how about you chris
1: yeah same he's actually making his debut on tuesday with with A arkansas so they'll definitely want to track but the injuries are a pretty big risk here in my opinion which does factor that in plus Just the reports, I know know there's no game data to go by, but the reports just haven't been great on him all offseason. So that does concern me a bit. So, you know, he did drop a considerable bit. He was already trending downward for me. I actually have him ranked 195. Man, that's a big drop for him. He was in my top 100 previously. So I'm just going to need to see more out of him. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we do see that. But even last year, you know, you look and – I don't know. The, the strikeouts aren't there at all, and the walks were up considerably from like his college days. Like you know, command control was a big factor for me. For and plus his arsenal, like that combo, like made was the reason that I liked him you know, as more than Lacey and Max Meyer in that draft class. And that some of that's just kind of going by the wayside. So I want to see some more consistency from him this season, and just see him pitch consistently as well. So yeah. he's got to be on
0: the mound. Yep. Yeah, that's part of the battle, right? You got to actually play to, to accrue value. So, yeah, I, I have Hancock 103 still. He was in the 60s you know before the season, so he just hasn't dropped quite as far for from me as Chris uh, has him, but I guess I'm still I've always been a little bit higher than most on on Hancock cuz I think just that potential is there. I still I guess I like him a considerable amount more than Lacy at this point. Obviously I'll have Max Meyer much higher than him, but I just still look at the entire Arsenal and just think, like, all right, what could happen if that command ticks up over the fastball? He starts missing bats at a higher clip. Obviously, he has to actually do that. And to do so, he has to get on the mound. Two big things. But and I'm, I'm still holding a hope. So I haven't dropped him too, too far yet. But definitely agree with Chris. This is, I think this would be a big year. He's already got off to a late start. He had that lat injury that caused him to miss the first month of the season, debuting on Tuesday need to see something out of him this year. So this would be a very big year for Emerson Hancock, that is for sure. Moving over to Asa Lacey, he has been even worse than Hancock has now this season. In, you don't actually any pitch in two games, done in two-thirds innings, 466 ERA, 114 whip, still has a high walk rate, 11.6%. Is getting the K rate back up, 30.2%, but similar you know, issues with Hancock and then even more, you know, higher level of issue here he's injured and he's walking too many guys and he's walking more guys than hancock was so at this point i think lacy's a reliever long term if, if i had to throw 100 bucks down my own money starter or reliever i'm leaning reliever and he like he could be a pretty solid maybe he goes like the aj puck route but i don't know i just don't and i think he can't i'm not saying there's no chance he can start but i don't know this i think this is a lot of a reliever list risk here for lacy and they say he could be a good one but I don't know. That's that's why he's dropped way down my rankings. How about you, Chris?
1: Yep. Who has the who is the bigger bullpen risk for you between Lacey and Cavalli? Lacey. Yeah. I think so too. I think they both present risk, but it's definitely Lacey to me looks like a elite back end option of the bullpen, honestly. Like the fastball yeah. slider combo, so good. I mean, like Josh Hader. You know, ask like obviously no one's Josh hater, but he could go that route where I could see him thriving in the back end of a bullpen. So we'll see the the command controls definitely concerns me for his ability to be a starter long term, but the strikeout stuff's definitely there. The swinging, him mean, he gets so many hitters to swing and miss, which is obviously a big ordeal. But I just think his stuff really plays up in a short stint, so I think it could could really benefit him to move to the bullpen.
0: Totally agree. And again, he could be a very good bullpen. I'm like, we're both kind of in agreement there. So that's why there's still some value there. Obviously, relievers value drops in Dynasty, but that's why I haven't dropped him like a ton. He's still 152 for me. Probably should have gone lower than that. Maybe he should have gotten closer to 200, but I still think there's a chance he could turn into a pretty good reliever for fantasy purposes. So, So still has that path, but not really seeing... A high chance of him starting anymore, unfortunately. Now, who knows? They could turn him around there in Kansas City. But for now, I would bet money on reliever. Another lefty here from my boss Boston Red Sox is next on the list, who I've seen live already this year and probably will see again this upcoming week. Jake Room, the number, I think he was number 12 overall pick back in 2016, who then didn't pitch for was it four seasons 2017. 18, 19, and 20, I believe it was, or something like that. A couple innings in 19. And then obviously the missed, he, he threw uh, that's four right. innings, but it wasn't anything significant. Yeah. That's right. So basically, he missed like four seasons because of various injuries. And then obviously the, the 2020 lost season. He did not look impressive in my live looks. And of course, his next outing, he went like six innings, two runs, 10K, something like that. But overall, I just don't, at, at best, number five starter profile for me. The fastball velocity is okay. Bony factor in command. It's probably a 45 grade fastball overall for me. Got a good curveball, but rest changeup has not really developed at all. So again, I think he's back end starter. And if if he's in the bullpen, I don't think he's high leverage sixth, seventh inning guy. Maybe so, or maybe he's a you know multi inning you know guy like that. I don't know. I just don't see a path. Any of these paths I can see for Groom. None of them are highly valuable for fantasy purposes, unfortunately. So he's he's not even in my top 100 anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean he's hanging on by a thread. Let's see where he dropped to for me. Oh, he's 323, so he's he's still in it. But you're right. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, we saw him. I saw him last year, and then before he got sent up your way, he had times where he looked okay. But even in high A last year, as a 22 year old, he still finished with a 5.29 ERA and a, above a 1-3-0 whip. I just don't really see it here. Uh, you see kind of the he, his swing strike rate has kind of declined as he moves up levels, which is a concern as well. He, he did get a lot of hitter swing and miss in high A, but that dropped in double A last year, and it's dropped even more in double A this season. So, yeah, I don't really know where he fits into the picture for the Sox long term which when you, when you struggle to be able to project that, I think that's easy to to drop him for fantasy purposes.
0: Yeah, and, and there's so many other guys in the system that are probably better long-term. Like, no doubt, Brayon Bayo, Brennan Walter, both of those guys we'll talk about later on, and Chris Murphy I would take over him. And then there's, like, other guys that you could put over him, like Wilkeman Gonzalez, and the guy could rise above him, probably is above him already, then, you know, when you get Noah Song back from the Navy and then Thad Ward and Brian Motta when they get back from injury, this is he could be like eighth or ninth on the pitching depth chart. So, yeah, I, just, I don't see a path for him. Or for, it sucks. Uh, I wish there was because he was our first-round pick five years ago or six years ago now in 2016. So you want him to have uh, some value here for your, for your team, but just don't see it. Another one in the AL East here, Ian Seymour has had a very, very bad season so far. Five start, 16 and two thirds innings, 810 ERA, 204 whip, 28.4% K rate looks pretty good, but 14.8% walk rate, which is one of the higher ones on the entire list of guys we're talking about tonight. So some issues there. What are your thoughts on Seymour here, Chris? How how far has he fallen in your rankings? Well, I think he
1: just fell for me mostly because I probably got a little high on him last year. So I dropped him to 230 from 138 last year. I think I just probably got a little high on him. He was pretty good last year, which you know was encouraging. Even though it wasn't a, a large sample, we saw him go from low A all the way up to triple A, and he pitched well at every level. But again, small sample sizes, and even still just a small sample size so far this season. He's had a lot of injury issues as well. that doesn't really help his case here, and you just need to see more consistency from him. I mean, it, I don't know. the The arsenal, I think – can be good, but such so a lot of averages like average pitches across the board. And, and until we see him consistently pitching at a solid level, then yeah, you know, it's going to be concerning, especially when you look and see his walk rate in the way it's been, even at a lower level last year. Again, we haven't seen enough innings to make a definite on him, but I think that's another, just the concern itself is that we haven't seen that many innings. So he needs to pitch. He needs to stay healthy.
0: Yeah. Uh- he is in Tampa Bay, so that does bode well for him. But maybe they can turn him into you know, a nice lefty out of the pen. Who knows? But it doesn't get that walk right down. And he doesn't have any of the big – he doesn't have any plus offerings. You know, he's got fastball, slider, changeup. all could be 50, maybe 55s in any given start. But nothing really stands out with the arsenal. It doesn't have the big velocity – so he really needs that command and control to be there, and just hasn't been there, just, especially the season up in Double uh, A with Montgomery. Twenty-three years old, Saki's. yeah, you know, that's not super old for a prospect, but Saki's twenty, twenty-one, still developing. He was a collegiate arm out of Virginia Tech. He went to I want to say, or Virginia, one of the two. Anyway, so it's not like he's a young pitcher anymore. So I don't know. Yeah, I just don't see. Maybe he's a back end starter, but I don't see much upside past that unfortunately all right let's head out west for our next name Slade Sioni. I think we all kind of liked a good amount coming out of that 2020 draft last year he was all right but this year not so much six starts 25 and two-thirds innings 6.66 ERA it's not a good number 1.36 whip four point the walk rate's good 4.2 percent it's actually one of the better rates on the list of names we're talking about this evening key rate is okay 23.7 percent but just having an issue keeping guys off base. He's giving up too much contact that whips high. Obviously the ERA is high. And he was, he wasn't a guy that projected highly anyway. It was like, he was a guy that had number two upside or anything like that he's more like a number three, number four type guy. And now you got to wonder, is he even that high? And as he got passed on the list by some other guys like Ryan Nelson, Dre Jameson, guys like that, maybe Brennan. For F- that I can't say that last name, Brennan fat, 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 fat.
1: I don't know. That's how I say it.
0: The PF, and then there's a double A and then a DT. Nothing about that name. Like, my mouth doesn't like anything about that name. Anyway, but there's a lot of of names that probably have jumped ahead of him at this point. So, where does he project for them long term? I said he's not been doing good this year in double A. Maybe he's a bullpen arm, good fastball slider combination, but everything else has been a work in progress and hasn't really shown any improvement. He hasn't really established a Good or even a serviceable third offering, the command and control have always been kind of been erratic. So maybe he's a bullpener, maybe he's a good setup guy. Who knows? But definitely has seen his value go down this season. Yeah, I mean that's the interesting thing. He's got a big
1: fastball, like we we saw it, you know, at times get up to like ninety seven. I thought the slider has been pretty impressive as well, but just not really putting it all together. And you know, we're seeing that right now. He's giving up a ton of home runs, which. You know, obviously could be inflating his numbers a little bit right now, but still, it's not what you want to see, honestly, from a pitcher like him who really needed a strong season this year after not only getting 59 innings last year because he dealt with some injuries. Again, I see him, we're seeing a trend injuries. So I just fear that this is another one where injuries are going to continue to delay his progress and he just, we're not seeing the results that
0: we need to see. And I'm starting to wonder too. I was just thinking about this when you were talking. Does Arizona like have a bad track record of developing pitchers? It looks like they might actually. Like yeah. looking at their, their current rotation, they didn't develop any of these guys. Like they didn't develop Gallon. They got him when after he was done developing with Miami, pretty much. You know, the rest of the rotation isn't even that good. Well, Merrill Kelly, they got him, he came came back over from the KBO, excuse me. And the last couple of names I can remember that have gone up for them have just not worked out. Like, first names, I think, are Corbin Martin and J.B. Bukowskis. And we've seen how their command and control has limited them to the bullpen, and they've been injured a ton. So, I don't know. Maybe it's an Arizona thing. Maybe we should just (laughs) ding Arizona pitchers a little bit because of their track record. I don't know. But, yeah, Sione, maybe he's the next one. Next Corbin Martin, next J.B. Bukowskis. Moving to the bullpen, we'll see. But definitely not having a good season. And neither has Colwyn, unfortunately, who had a good, bad, nice bounce-back year from Colwyn in 20, 2021 after he had some a couple of years of battling command issues, injuries, the whole nine. So seeing him bounce back last year was very encouraging. Uh, last year between AA and A, 21 starts. He had a 241 ERA, 0.86 whip, and well over a caper inning. And still had a little bit of higher walk rate, but not terrible. But this year, he's gone the exact opposite direction. Seven, in, uh, seven starts, excuse me, 31 in the third inning, 6.03 ERA, 1.60 WHIP, and more walks than strikeouts, which is, for a pitcher, not good. Hitter, very good. Pitcher, not so good. Especially for a guy, Cole Wynn, who's always been a pretty good K-rate guy, not missing bats, kind of like Cavalli in, in, to the extreme. He's not missing bats at all. Fourteen point K-rate, 14.8% walk rate, so that... All the gains he made with the command and control have gone, especially with the control, have gone out the window, it seems like, this year. Why, I don't know, but Cole Wynn has been absolutely terrible.
1: Yeah, I really thought that he could potentially crack that rotation in Texas by the end of the season. I mean, he made AAA yeah. last year, so why not? But he's not going to now. It's easy to try to say he's had some bad luck, but, I mean, the strain rate's not overly low It. 61.3%, maybe a, a little bit low, but even then it's like his Babip is still one of the higher ones of his career right now. But I still think like his closer league average, he wasn't gonna run a 211 or 196 Babip, like he added other levels. So I don't know. I mean, the strikeout stuff is the biggest concern. The walks where they are is even more a concern, but really that's just kind of who he is. I mean, every level that we've seen him pitch more than eight innings, the walk rate has been, you know pretty high minus the stint in double a last year but then so i'm just i don't know i'm uh, a little concerned who knows which way this is going because it's almost been like a huge roller coaster ride with him or like out of the draft like he was you know big time and then just kind of fell off quick and it's you know, riding the cold wind ride so where it'll take you next not really sure but <laughs> doesn't look promising
0: yeah and another guy too where is there over a fifty percent chance of, of reliever risk here. What do you think, Chris? You think yeah. he's a reliever long term? I think he's a starter still?
1: I mean, he's not going to be a reliever if he can't strike guys out. But if he can get back to that level, then then sure, I think there's
0: that chance. But I would say that the risk is certainly there. And that's a uh, common trend in this episode, as you can <laughs> see: injuries, you know, reliever list, command issues. Like these are the common things that we like to look for here in terms of guys that are rising up our list or falling. And this time, obviously, falling. Last name on the followers here, which is another guy that I had top one hundred preseason, who is now out of it. But out of all these names, he might be the one I'm most willing to buy into as a bounce back. That's Brendan Williamson of the Cincinnati Reds. It's kind of weird that he gets traded from Seattle, Cincinnati, and all of a sudden he just becomes a completely different pitcher. Like this is a guy always had a huge, huge K rate and swinging strike rate. Right this year, swinging strike rate is. Nine point nine percent, and the K rate has dropped down to. I went to the wrong screen here. K rate dropped down to twenty five percent, which obviously is still not terrible. But he was mid to upper thirties basically forever. We saw really dynamic arsenal, especially that fastball. Good trio of secondaries as well. Now he's got a five zero eight ERA through six starts with a one sixty two WHIP and a fourteen point five percent walk rate which walk rates has always been kind of like the, the worst part about his game. But again, never to the point where it was a detriment to his value or, or hurt him in any way. It was like eight, 9%, but now it's 14 and a half. That's very concerning. Maybe it's just a bad six starts to start the season. That could be it, but I don't know. I, I'm, I am a little worried, but again, the stuff is still really, really good. So I got to wonder if this is like I said, just a, a bad stretch to start the season. And he's going to bounce back, but what are your thoughts on Williams and Chris?
1: Yeah, it's kind of been an up-and-down ride for him this year, too, where he's had some starts where he's looked good and some just complete blow-up starts. So it's kind of just been, you know, you're not sure what you're going to get from start to start. So I don't know. The command has kind of been erratic some this year. He's allowed some home runs. He has had starts where he's looked dominant struck out a lot of guys, but it's just kind of hit or miss with what you get from him. The fastball velo just kind of not there, sitting like 91-92 this year. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little concerned about him and his prospects. I really thought he was a, a top 100 guy, but not really the case for me anymore. And hopefully he gets back on track. But uh, man, you just look and uh, what are the Reds doing? Like, does he not want to be in this organization? I don't really know.
0: Yeah, you got to wonder. Seattle's got a pretty good track record developing lately. Cincinnati, oh, well, they've Hunter Green and Lodolo. so it's not like they, Cincinnati's been a bad PD org from a pitcher, pitching perspective but man it's not a, not a good start to his cincinnati tenure and yeah he's uh first start four innings five runs and then five innings one run four innings one run three in the third five runs six innings one run six innings three runs so yeah it's definitely been up and down like three starts of one run and then three of three or more and two of five so definitely up and down a year i still i'm still pretty high on him so if For me personally, I can't speak for Chris, obviously, but if I had to pick – I'll ask you who your pick is here. Like, If you had to buy into one, like who's the one that you were most confident in bouncing back off out of all these followers? I would give the gold medal to Williamson, the silver medal to probably Hancock, and then the bronze to – I don't even know. But Williamson and Hancock would be my two picks. Who are your two picks here? Or just your one pick?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess Williamson – and hancock would probably be the two that i think could bounce back most
0: okay so we're in agreement there that sounds good all right the followers section is done we'll take a quick break here come back on the other side and get into some risers obviously much more exciting part of the show we'll figure we figured we'd get all the followers out of the way now we get into the guys that are rising up our rankings a lot of fun names here so we'll get right into that when we get back so don't go anywhere We'll be back with more Fantrax Tool Shed right after this. All right, welcome back from the break. Let's start with a couple of Cleveland Guardians right-handed pitching prospects that are flying up rankings. One was already pretty high, but continues the rise because every start, it, it, it's I've never said that A pitching prospect is must-see television, but Daniel Espino is must-see television. He is absolutely dominant, 18 in the third innings this year. He has a 51.5% strikeout rate, 245 ERA, and a 0.71 whip, only a 5.9% walk rate as well. So we've seen the elite stuff stay, and we've seen the command and control continue to slowly and slowly get better. He's dominating in Double A. I'm hoping to see him later this season if he's still there. Who knows? But Espino, like he's got number one pitching prospect upside. I think he's going to be my number one because within an, by the end of the season, you're going to see see Grayson Rodriguez probably gets up enough time to get exceed fifty innings. Boz, if he get, gets back from injury soon enough, should as well. And then Kirby just got called up, and I'm sh- I'm sure he'll get past fifty innings as well. So that leaves. Espino, who's already in my top 20. I put him top 20 this past update. I think he's that damn good. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I've always been a bit higher on him than most, but is, is Espino your number one after those three guys graduate, Chris?
1: I think it's a fair argument for that. I mean, he's just been that good, and it's hard to argue against the results. It's hard to argue against that arsenal. So, you know, he, he moved up pretty significantly for me, and I think that he definitely stands one of the better chances to take that top spot.
0: Yeah, he's 16th overall from here right now. Kirby's 18th, Boz 12th, and Giro at 11th. So I think he's already pretty close to those two. And he's doing so. And he's the youngest of this uh, quartet as well, only 21 and a half years old, won't be 22 until the offseason. So he's dominating a higher level of the minors at a young age. And dominating is not even the right word. Like He is demolishing, I don't even know, like any word better than that to use. That's what he's doing. So... And another one in this Cleveland org that we talked about a little bit this the season as well in this podcast. Gavin Williams from you know the collegiate standout that rose up uh, draft boards a couple of years ago this year, six starts, 30 in the third innings, 1.48 ERA, 076 whip, 8.9% walk rate, and a forty point two percent K rate. He's a guy that has almost made my top 50. Where is he right now? 61 overall as my number, how many number 11 overall pitching prospect, but he's another guy that I can see him easily getting up into the the Max Meyer, Jack Leiter range of like that second tier of pitching prospects. Pretty damn soon because he is nasty, big righty, big fastball, big breaking ball, solid command and control, Cleveland, it's all there.
1: Yeah, no doubt about that. He's been highly impressive. I liked him coming out of the draft. He was, you know, very dominant in the, at ECU and then of course when he went to Cleveland that was a big thing for me because you know they're just incredible with developing pitching talent we see, see it time and time again and he's just been dominant he's actually has the most strikeouts of anyone in their system right now in the minor leagues and that includes Daniel Espino as well so that's been fun dominant swinging strike rate near 19 percent. it's probably time for him to move to double a and see what he can do because you know, 148 ERA, point seven six whip in thirty innings, forty percent strikeout rate. Like time for a new challenge for you. But yeah, he's he's definitely looked the part and I think that he's here to stay as one of the top pitching prospects in baseball.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So he's already my number eleven pitching prospect. And I can see him rising up into like that top five pretty damn soon. I think I'm trying to see when they come. Akron comes to Portland later this year. I'm trying to figure out where I think it's August. Let me quickly scan their schedule here. Do they not? Oh, then they come to uh, Hartford, Connecticut. That's right. So I might make a, yeah, Hartford in the middle of June. So I might take a little road trip, especially if him and Espino are pitching back to back days. That is, that is something I would go down there and, you know, buy a hotel room for a night to stay over in Hartford. I I did that three years ago when Mize and Manning were pitching back-to-back for A Erie, so hopefully they get him up there by the middle of June. That's probably another month or so that series is. Yeah, I can see them giving them the bump. Hopefully they do, because I would love to see him and Espino back-to-back. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Another a couple of names here that have risen up into the top 100. Or it's, this guy was already back in top 100, but he's almost top 50 now. Kyle Harrison of the San Francisco Giants. He is number 60 overall for me now, up from 95, and i Probably was a bit too low of that 95, but he is the guy one spot ahead of Gavin Williams in my overall rankings, and for good reason. He has been absolutely dominant this season in five starts, 237 ERA, 111 whip, and a 52.5% K rate. Everyone's talking about how many guys Andrew Painter is striking out, and we'll talk to him in a few minutes here, but that's Harrison's right there with him in terms of K rate. Harrison is only 0.1% percentage points behind painter and k ray walk rate still a little high at 10 percent, but he's shown some yeah, some steady improvements in that regard but is a guy that continues to develop he's got the good stuff he's in the san fran org which obviously we've seen what they can do with pitchers they're one of the best pitching orgs in baseball right now he's top five so you gotta feel good about that as well i think you have him even higher than me don't you chris
1: might be. Let me see where he ended up in this. I, I, I must guarantee
0: you, I'm going to guess. Yeah. I, and I, have, I haven't looked at your rate because I'm going to guess 46.
1: 54. So, okay. Yeah, close. So, yeah. I mean, you know, he was his walk rate has trended upward throughout the season, which that was really a big thing for me. But still, at 10%, like you can live there in today's environment, especially when you have a 42.5% K minus walk rate. Those strikeouts aren't likely to sustain. It's been. You know, really impressive. I think it is time for him to bump up as well, see what he can do in double A, but he certainly got the stuff. The fastball slider combo is really good, and the changeup is a very solid pitch as well. I think the command is he commands those pitches pretty well. And you know, the walk rate, when people look at walk rate, they sometimes see command, which isn't true. Like I do think that Harrison hits his spots pretty well here, and he does a lot of the right things. Yeah, you know, he's doing this while running a 4.07 BABIP right now. He has that low of an ERA with a 4.07 BABIP. Like, that's impressive, yeah. you yeah. have yep, 300s about you know, normal, what you'll see, but 4.07, that's really high. He keeps the ball in the park extremely well. Really, the only thing you can pimp like prick a hole in his game is the walks, and they don't even worry me that much.
0: Yeah, they don't worry me that much either, especially, like, like I said, he's improved in that area yeah, he's definitely command over control now. And he's still he's still very young. I think he, is he's still only twenty years old. He's twenty, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's almost twenty-one. He'll be twenty one a month or two, but yeah, still very young. One of the youngest guys on this list we're talking about here. So definitely think he's he he's due for a bump up as well. And when you look at left handed pitching prospects specifically, I hate that word. It's for guys that are still in the minor leagues, it's him and then a, a massive gap. It's because you got Lodolo is in the majors, but he's hurt. And then you got Gore in the majors, Detmer in the majors. Then the next guy in terms of pitching prospects in the minors for lefties is D.L. Hall, good 40 spots. And then it's like Logan Allen, Brendan Williamson, Tor, guys like that. So he, I think, is for guys that are still in the minors, he is the best left-handed pitching prospect by a considerable margin at this point in time. Yeah. Very, very, very enticing arm for sure. Next name on the list here is one of those things I just mentioned, Matthew Libator, who for pitching prospects, he's one of the guys I've had the biggest roller coaster relationship with. I was super high on him. Then I kind of dropped him down. Here some some not-so-great things with the fastball. And he started this year not-so-great. First few starts were pretty bad, but he's bounced back in a big way the last handful of starts. Overall, seven starts. He dropped the ERA down to 383 and 1.20 for the whip. Again, those might not sound too great, but where they were, and after two or three starts, he's been much better the last five starts or so. Seven point four percent walk rate, and he's got the K rate up to twenty eight point four percent. And again, he's twenty two in AAA in a hitter's environment, so that all factors in. He's a guy that could be up with St. Louis pretty soon, don't you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't be surprised if we we see him, you know, maybe in the next month or so. I, I think he's ready. You know, I watched his start. The other day against Baltimore, I guess it was Norfolk, you know, Adley Rushman and G Rod pitched on the other side. There was a lot of fun names on that start, and he pitched well. I mean, he did walk four and six innings, but only one earned run, 5K. So he looked pretty solid. He's got the Arsenal, like curveball, we know is uh, really good, big spinning. Fastball velo is really something that is, I think, lacking a bit. But he does command his pitch as well, and he has a, a pretty well-rounded arsenal overall. So, yeah, he, he's been solid this year. And I think the biggest thing for him is that he's just pitching a ton of innings, which is encouraging. We don't often see this a lot with minor league starters. and He's going nearly six innings per start, which I would say is pretty notable here. The strikeout rate is up a bit. The swing and strike rate is up a bit from last year. So that's an encouraging sign. I mean, this is a repeat of AAA for him. I think that tells you what you need to know because he was in Triple A last year, the whole season at 21, and then he's 22 now this year. So, I think he's ready. I think we get to see him in the big leagues. I I bet he throws 50 innings with the Cardinals this year.
0: I can see that. I totally can see this, Especially if they, he's probably next up on the list here. If they need an arm, he's you got to think he's the next guy up. And he, he's like I said, he's got the Triple A experience. He's trending the right way and making the improvements he needs to. So, yeah, I think you could definitely see him up probably by June or middle to late June. I think you could see him maybe even sooner. Could be next week. Who knows? But definitely he's shooting back up my rankings for sure. Not top 100 for me, but not far off either. Next two names are two younger names on our list here that have probably been two of the more exciting names in the lower minors this season. Ricky Tiedemann from Toronto, painter from Philadelphia. So listen to these numbers here. if you're if you get all giddy about pitching numbers, these are the two guys for you. Andrew Painter, five game start, a uh, five game start, excuse me, 20 innings pitch hasn't got a run yet. So, nice little 0.00 ERA, 0.75 whip, 9.2 percent walk rate, and a 52.6 percent K rate. And then, R- Mr. Ricky Tiedemann, six games, 30 innings, which is Pretty notable that he's going five innings per start right now as a 19-year-old in A-ball. 180 ERA, 0.80 whip, 11.8% walk rate, which is a little high but not concerning with his age, and a 44.5% K rate. Both these guys drafts absolutely dominating the lower levels in the minors here. I don't know. Let's we'll just go with one of them and talk about it. What's? What do you want to talk about here, Chris? Painter or Tiedemann?
1: I'll take Tiedemann. I mean, I actually All put right. up a poll yesterday. Where people were at, whether they have him or Jackson Job at this point. You know, Job obviously being the third overall pick in last year's draft. And you had Tiedemann, who was a 91st overall. And it was closer than I thought. It was 59% that, to yeah. Job, which honestly, they ended up, I think, side by side in my rankings, which I'm not sure if that says more about Tiedemann or, or Joe, but yeah, I'm 135, 136. So pretty close here. I think Job has the chance to develop into a much better starter. Like the ceiling's pretty high here. But I think right now, like Tiedemann is a more well rounded pitcher. Like from a pitchability standpoint, like Job just needs to learn how to pitch. Like Tiedemann's already got that. So he's ahead of him in that standpoint. And his Arsenal's pretty good in itself. Like you look and, you know, even his worst starts of the year have been, you know, pretty dang good at that. When you look at the overall line, I think he's going to move up pretty significantly. I bet he's, you know, easily top 100 in the next month or so for Tiedemann. That is, I'm really excited about him. I think that we're just looking at a highly underrated guy that, you know, not many people were in on, but it just worked out extremely well, especially when we saw him, you know, in in spring training, coming out pumping the fastball like. His velo was up pretty significantly, and I thought that was of note. And then it's it certainly looked like it's paying off.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely it is. And you know, the common thing with these two guys, they're per- both pretty tall guys. Painter obviously much taller. He's six but Tiedemann, nice big six four lefty, and already a, a very advanced kind of pitch, you know, pitching body. I don't know how I want to word this, but he's 6'4", 220, it's not like he's some skinny 19 year old kid. Like he's already a very sturdy frame. So yeah, definitely very intrigued. By what I've seen out of Tiedemann, he's already up in High A right now, which is also very notable. So I don't think they'll they'll probably let him stay there for a good amount of time. So I don't think I'll even see him this year in Double A, but probably up to Double A at some point next year. Maybe he starts at Double A next year. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's on the fast track like Yuri Perez and they. Get him some double A time later this year. I wouldn't bet on it, but yeah, I wouldn't rule it out either. He's already in high A, so yeah, definitely very, very intriguing start for Tiedemann. He's a guy like that shows that it's not always about where these guys got picked. Like the, ignore that, look at the talent. And if you got Tiedemann late, excuse me, in your FYPD this past offseason, you know, congrats to you because you got, looks like you got yourself a d- absolute steal so far. Another couple of names here that have really broken out, kind of I won't say out of nowhere, but these are guys that I didn't see really on any prospect list coming into the season. N- neither one of them were in my top four hundred. That's Roy Salinas and Gordon Grisefo. Grisefo from St. Louis and Salinas from Atlanta. We'll start with Salinas here with uh, Chris being our Atlanta fan in the house here, and you saw him earlier this uh, or a couple couple weeks ago, and obviously the start didn't go that well and was pretty short, but. Overall, he's been very impressive this season.
1: Yeah, I was disappointed. You know, I literally came back in from out of town and drove. Like, I got in, immediately dropped my wife and son off at the house and went to Greenville to watch him, and then he pitched. You know, he didn't even get out of the first inning. But uh, it was – so my understanding of what happened was he was at 31 pitches after the Grand Slam that he allowed. Like, he had walked the bases loaded and then allowed that Grand Slam – and apparently, Rome has a pretty strict limit per inning. They don't want guys throwing more than 30 per inning. And so that was kind of the easy out there. I was concerned he got hurt because he went back to enter the tunnel with a trainer. But I think he was just finishing out his bullpen, you know, because that was his regular scheduled start. Good news is his last start, he thought maybe, well, maybe he was just a low A darling, but high A, he couldn't do it. Well, his last start against Winston Salem, he pitched five innings, he struck out 10 and only walked one only allowed one hit as well. So no earned runs, one hit, one walk, 10K. So, you know, he, he's 98 on the fastball pretty consistently. The breaking ball is pretty nasty as well. He mixes in a curve and slider. So, you know, that was a lot of fun to watch, like when he did throw it, the, at least a little bit that I did see. So, yeah, I, I'll be watching him pretty closely moving forward. The body scares me a little bit. Like he's <laughs> like, bit. you know, this This reminds me of like Luis Gohara. Where, like, really oh. big body, he was really dominant at the low, eb- low levels of the minors with a big fastball, and they just couldn't put it all together, like, to be a starter or even really make it at the, the big league level. So, that's my fear. Like, that's in the back of my head. But again, we're talking about a guy who just turned 21 years old. So, I would say the jury's still out, but I would say overall, he's been impressive. Even in the short cinema, I saw, like, he f- definitely flashed what? Everybody was excited about when he pumps the fastball high in the zone at ninety eight. And then, you know he he struck out Rafael on three pitches where he he got him on the fastball up swinging on the first pitch. Then he he dropped a curveball in the top of the zone where Rafael thought it was going to hit him, and he literally ducked and it catched that top corner. And then he dropped the curve where Rafael swung and literally was in the dirt. So that's gives you a picture. I tweeted that that video out. Those three pitches. And that was really the only highlight we got from from Royber that start, but yeah, I mean, I think that he's definitely deserving to be a high riser. But monitor what he's doing in high A moving forward. If these trends stick, of him striking out multi multi like you know double digits every game, then shoot, I think that you know, we certainly could see him being capable of being a a solid
0: starting pitcher. Yeah, that curveball looks really sharp too. Really, a lot of. Sharp break on that. Where was he? Th- what was the velocity on the curveball? You remember? It's like eighty three ish. Okay, so, so well, it's a little bit a little bit harder of, of a curveball. So yeah, yeah, very impressive. But yeah, I, I noticed it too. I, I wasn't putting. I don't know why I didn't put the Gohara you know comp to his to him, but that's a good one. And Gohara, I used to love Luis Gohara. I was such a Luis Gohara guy. I even saw one of his AAA start. It was a rehab start for Gohara. AAA. I drove down to Worcester not not to see Luis Gohara. That was when. Ronald Acuna was in AAA. Yeah. So I drove down three hours down to uh, Pachecket, Rhode Island, where the Red Sox AAA team used to be before they moved to Worcester a couple of years ago. I see uh, Acuna and also saw, obviously saw Gohara as well. I think he was like an ankle injury at the time, if I recall. But yeah, he hasn't even pitched in the last three, four years. Whatever happened to lose Gohara? He, I have no clue,
1: man. I wish I knew. It? Like, fairly likable guy. Just, I don't know. There was a lot going on and then hadn't seen much of him since.
0: Right. He hasn't even, like, his last game in the majors was July 8th, 2018. He hasn't even pitched in the minor leagues since. That might be a little rabbit hole I go down to try to find, like, what happened, like, the one of those, where are they now? Like, what happened to Luis Gohara? Yeah. I, he he used to be so damn good, too, in the minor leagues. He was. That was really, that was a bummer.
1: Also, I misquoted his Vila. I went back and looked at my book. He he was, like, 79 on the curve, and his slider was, like, 84 to 86 when he threw it. Okay. So, yeah.
0: He, it looks harder than 79, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The stadium gun was hit 101 several times on the fastball, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh. And, but obviously it was. Like, the stadium gun's always a bit hot, especially in Greenville. So, you know, I had the scout gun beside me. So he was at he was 98 tops, but consistently 96. I'd be curious to know what the velo is at, like, deeper in, like, when he's in the fifth inning. So, like, right. that'd be something to monitor, I think. But,
0: yeah, the stuff is, yeah, is really good. Absolutely. All right, Chris, who would you rather have, though, Salinas or Gordon Grisefo long-term?
1: And that's interesting. I mean, they've both really, you know, both obviously being big, like, pop-up guys here. I think I think the ceiling's probably higher with Salinas. Well, yeah, I, I don't disagree there, but it's hard to argue with what we've seen from Grisefo so far this year. I mean, he is a, a bit older, but still, I mean, the results have certainly been there. It seems like one that we just totally missed on in the, in last year's draft where he was just, you know, a later pick and turns out he's just been really good for his entire career so far from a professional standpoint. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think the upsides might be closer than we're going to give him credit for, especially because you look at how good Graceffo's command is and still striking guys out like a uh, doesn't really have that command so i think they both have similar upsides here
0: yeah i'm gonna lean gracefo he's a bit higher in my rankings by about 40 spots or so and yeah he's a, also 1.7 percent walk rate this year while well, still striking out 39 percent of batters over uh 33 and two thirds innings he's a guy he's averaging about five and a half innings per start right now through his first six starts definitely a guy that i think that floor is much higher i think yeah you could you could probably say that the Ceilings are similar or closer at least, but I think the floor difference leans me to go according to Perseffo personally. All right, let's get back into the AL East here. Some Red Sox and some Yankees here. Brayon Bayo, who we t- I talked about him earlier you know, this season after I saw him, and I'll probably see him again this week, probably on, I think, Tuesday he's going again, and then I'll probably see on Wednesday. I'm blanking. Oh, uh, Cole Henry goes on Wednesday, so nice little back-to-back starts there. I'll go see... Bayo has been dominant this year. Six starts, 160 ERA, 0.83 whip, 9.3% walk rate, 32.6% K rate. Fastball sits 94.96, gets up to 97.98 at times. Really good changeup, sharp slider. It's, it's one of the, it's, you could maybe call it a cutter. Has that kind of shape to it, but he can miss bats with it. He can miss bats a ton on the changeup. He got so many whiffs on the changeup in that start. Fastball looked pretty good as well. Command, you know, he's probably not more than 50 command and control guy, but two plus pitches and an above average third pitch. I think he's a pretty good number three starter long-term. So he is now in my top 100 overall. How about you, Chris? Yeah, he's certainly a top 100 guy. I, I debated
1: going as high as like 75 on him. I think he ended up in the 90 range for me. And it's certainly the capability to go higher. You know, I got to see him several times last year in Greenville. So we're kind of seeing those guys and they're shipping them off to you in Portland, but I think he gets the bump soon. I wouldn't be surprised to see him stick around your way much longer either. With, I mean, he's he's approaching almost at a hundred innings in Double A, and they've been a hundred pretty good innings at that. So,
0: yeah, that's so I'm trying to get out to see him again this week. So I can't see him being here past end of June. He's he's gonna get that bump at Triple A. You mentioned he's been here a good amount of time, and he's been very good in this stint here. So, Bayo is definitely rising a ton, and so is Brendan Walter. He's not the flashiest guy around, but he just gets it done a little bit older too, 25 years old, but he was actually the Red Sox minor league pitcher of the year last year over Brian Bayo this year, even with his last start, I think it was like an inning in the third and gave up like seven or eight on run runs. Still only has a 297 ERA and 0.89 whip in 30 and a third innings over six starts, 34.1% K rate, only a 1.6% walk rates. This is a guy that he doesn't throw super hard. He's like low nineties, but Commands it very well. He's got a lower arm slot. Gets good run, good sink on that fastball. Has a nice like wiffle ball slider that he can miss bats with. Really good changeup as well. So even though he's a little older, doesn't have the huge velocity, this is a guy he just keeps getting the job done. And yeah, maybe he's not more than like a number four starter, but I think he could be a very good number four starter and a guy that I think he just always got to continue to surprise and and over overachieve. So he's one of those guys that might not be sexy to roster him in dynasty leagues, but. He gets the job done, so a good like sneaky buy right now in dynasty leagues.
1: So yeah, I mean he's one that's moved up pretty considerably, and you know everyone would be quick to say, well he's too old for the level, actually being you know twenty five in double A, but uh, you've seen him, you've seen how impressive he's been. I saw him last year, and really I didn't give him the credit that he deserved last year when I did see him, but he was good in Greenville, and his time there. I mean a 36% strikeout rate, just a a 5.9% walk rate there. Swinging strike rates have been really good at every level. So, and this is one of those cases for, for Walter where, you know, it's really not his fault that he's as old as he is at the level. I mean, a college guy who was drafted in 2019, we saw him in rookie ball in 2019. Then obviously no 2020 season, which really threw that off. And then, you know, last year he, you know, he pitched in low A to high A. So, it's hard to blame him for his age at that level, but you know I think he could potentially get a shot soon at the big league level. I mean, I think he's more than ready, and the fastball-slider combo is good with a good changeup, I think. And I think he's shown really good command of those pitches, and the, we've certainly seen the control as the walk rate has dropped pretty significantly this year, and it was never bad. I mean, the worst walk rate we've seen of his career was last year in Greenville at 5.9%, so... I think Walter's just highly under the radar, and you get him really cheap in Dynasty League.
0: Yeah, and he can miss bats with all three of those offerings as well. Like I look, I just looked back in my book, and his last start that I saw, he had 10Ks in six innings, and he had, I think it was what, th- three whiffs on the fastball, four on the slider, and five on the changeup or something like that. I was just looking really quickly for my notes. But, yeah, he he can miss bat- bats with all three and really good command and control as well. So don't let the age or the lower fastball velo fool you like this guy is just gonna get the job done so moving over to a couple yankees here we'll go quickly as we're getting a little bit longer than we anticipated here we'll just let's just put them up against each other here they've both been kind of on the same trajectory both performed pretty well ken walder and um i Blinking. Hayden Wesneski. I said a brain cramp. Sorry. Wesneski six starts this year, twenty nine innings, two forty eight ERA, zero point eight six WHIP, five point three percent walk rate, twenty eight point three percent strikeout rate. Walter Chuck five starts, twenty three and two thirds innings, one fourteen ERA, zero eight zero WHIP, ten point one percent walk rate, but a forty four point nine percent K rate. Who would you rather have going forward, Chris? Hayden Wesneski or Ken Walter Chuck
1: Oh, man. I was you know just comparing them. They're both very similar ages here. Was Neske obviously getting it done at AAA? We saw him make it at AAA last year. But, you know, that doesn't mean a ton for me right now because I'm not sure the AAA hitting environment is that much better for the most part than AA. So, you know, that's, to me, it's pretty close. If I have to pick... Uh, Gosh, man, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty torn here. Let me just go to my rankings and see who I have higher. That would be the easiest thing to do. I have Wesneski at 170 and Waldechuk at 202. So I'll go Wesneski just because I have him ranked higher. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really a fan of both, and they both moved up pretty considerably for me.
0: Yeah, that's valid. I, I have Wesneski higher as well. I think there's, there's a higher floor with Wesneski. I think the command and control... Is a bit better with him than it is with Walter Chuck. though they're they're both. It's not like either one has bad command of control. And Waldichuk, we'll this have the lefty thing going on there, so I think they're both going to be pretty solid. Like maybe you know, like back in number threes, high in number fours. And it's funny. Like, you thought a couple of years ago that the two best pitching prospects coming the Yankees might be Waldichuk and Wesnesky instead of like Clark Schmidt and Davey Garcia and Luis Heal. It's kind of funny how these guys have all kind of kind of. Flip flopped and now like Dave Garcia is not really in anybody's prospect list anymore. If he is, he's way down. M- Lucas Medina, another name that has a hard time with command, he's dropped down rankings. he'll looked good in the major leagues, but he's probably a reliever. And Schmidt can't really say healthy, so it might be the best two to come out of the system. It might be Walter, Chuck, and Wesneski which would have, would have sounded absolutely bonkers a year, year and a half ago, but. That's how quickly prospect values can change and how quickly things can change in general here in baseball. So, a few more names on the list here, then we'll get out of here. Robert Gasser of the San Diego Padres, a nice little late round target last year in FYPDs, and he's over, he's kind of shot past all expectations so far. This year, six starts, 25 and a third innings, 355 ERA, 130 whip, 8.5% walk rate. In a 34% K rate. How high do you think Gasser can climb up rankings, Chris? He's already started the rise a good amount already. How high do you think he can get?
1: Yeah, I think he's just gonna be one of these guys that flies under the radar pretty consistently. And yeah, you know, maybe I'm still even a little low on him. I've got him, you know, just right at 327. So he bumped up pretty significantly, but maybe that's still too low on him. I think he's got a, a really good slider. You know, fastball can be solid as well. Good command. He's striking guys out, getting a good swing strike rates. So overall, you know I really like what I've seen in the profile. I don't know. I think he could easily be, you know, a top two hundred prospect, but I think that he's one that probably doesn't get the love and respect that he deserves. So I think he's a, a good opportunity to buy on him.
0: I agree. Now, who would you rather have? Him or the next guy on our list, Jared Schuster from your Atlanta Braves.
1: Oh, well, I've got Schuster a good bit higher right now. That may be more familiarity where I've watched Schuster pitch a little more, but I said I had Gasser at 327. I have Schuster at 172. So Schuster is a little more advanced and, you know, a little further along right now. And he's progressed. I mean, you know, he started out the year really good last year in high A, and then he struggled when he got bumped to double A. But this year he's repeating double A through just 14 innings in double A last year, but everything's looked really good. Yeah, near Thirty percent strikeout rate. He's dropped the walk rate pretty significantly. Everything looks good under the hood, in my opinion, and he's got a, a pretty well-rounded arsenal. He's got a really good changeup, and the fastball is developed too. Mixes in that slider some, and I think the command control is also taking a step forward this year. So I lean Schuster here and buy a decent bit for the time being.
0: Yeah, so do I. And yeah, he's made really good uh, gains with that fastball and the command and control as well. Like You mentioned. Walk rate 24.6% through his first six starts. And he's almost averaging six innings per start right now, 35 and a third innings, 153 ERA, 0.74, 4.6% walk rate, 29.2% K rate. So yeah, very good start for Jared Schuster. So I'll take him over Gasser as well. Gasser I had at 284 and Schuster I had at, oh, where did I have Schuster? I got to find him real quick here. I was just looking at him, and I lost him on my 268. So I probably, sh- I probably should have bumped two straight even higher, So I- and I-, I will correct that next update. He'll probably be closer to 200, assuming he pitches well in next uh, few weeks or so before my next update. Let's end the show with, I think, the only guy on this list pitching in the major leagues. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. Only guy on this is pitching in the major leagues right now, and that is Mr. McKenzie Gore, the former number one overall pitching prospect turned – Guy nobody wanted at all to the guy that everyone wants now because of how he started the year for San Diego. Yeah, so far this year, as my computer freezes up here, five starts, 242 ERA, 1.23 whip. This is in 26 innings. He's an 8.5% walk rate, 26.4% strikeout rate. Changeups ups look pretty good. He's only throwing it at 6% of the time, but 55.6% whiff rate on the change. Slider, 30% whiff rate. Curveball, 23.8. Curveball is actually getting hit really hard, but the four-seam has been pretty good. 208 betting average against, averaging 95 on it. Where are you at on Gore? Because obviously, when it comes to you know using the term roller coaster, he's probably the pitching prospect that embodies that the most with terms of his value and how he's been up and down so much over the last couple of years, obviously now on the upward trend. But do you think he can get close to, even close to what – we thought he could be because I made that notion like yeah he's he's turning back up but maybe he's just not the same guy that we thought he could be and that kind of got people were kind of getting mad at me for that They're like how oh, how dare you he's still young blah, blah 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 but I think that's a fair thing to say like and that's not to say he can't be good I think he could be a top 40 top 50 pitch or something like that that's still pretty damn good outcome but maybe he's just not that future Cy Young award winner that we thought he could be
1: right and that's and that's fine like he doesn't need to be Interestingly enough, like I'm surprised his strikeout rates is as high as it is, you know, especially considering he has just a 23% CSW. He's not getting swings and misses and he's getting no called strikes either. He's got, I would say some bad luck goes away at that from that standpoint. But I mean, the swinging strike rate is a little bit concerning and 9.7%, but that's never been who he is in the past. Like we've consistently seen good swinging strike rates throughout his minor league career, even when he was struggling. So, I'm just wondering, like, if he does like figure this out and start, you know, missing more bats, then we could really see the strikeout rate tick up close to thirty percent, which would be huge. And you know, I mean, maybe it's not fluky that he's pitching how he is right now to a two four two ERA. I mean, Fips two six three, Sierra maybe a little more accurate at three four two, but even if he's a low three ZRA guy, like that's with that stuff. I mean, he could certainly be an ace. So, yeah, I mean, good four pitch mix the command can kind of come and go, but shoot. I mean, with what we're seeing right now, I, I think Gore is, is legit.
0: Legit. And like, so like top, give me like long, like five years from now, he's a top what pitching. I'd say he's baseball. top, top. 20. You think top 20? I think All he'd right. be top 20. Okay. I could see that. I'm not quite ready to go there. Maybe it's because I'm still kind of getting, you know, over the last couple of years with him, but yeah, definitely think that everything you said is is hundred percent true. Like is if he gets that K rate to tick up even more, especially like how good it's been with a below average whiff rate and a below average chase rate as well. So yes, there's, there's definitely more in the tank here. We'll see. But I'm still kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm still being a little cautious with Gore, but very encouraging to see him turn it around. And it's good. I, I wanted to see him succeed. Seems like he's, a, he's a, a good kid. I say kid. He's like 22. But uh, he's a he's guy I was rooting for just to turn it around. All the talent he had. I'd hate to see that talent go to waste. So very nice to see him bounce back. And that's going to wrap us up. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at Roto Clegg. I'm at Aircross04 and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of our written work at Fantrax HQ, Fantasy Pros, or over on our Patreon. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk but until then everyone take care